0: United States of America hundreds and hundreds of teenage boys and girls are becoming hopeless dope addicts every year it's fantastic it's unbelievable and it's terrible but it's true i did Fuck. okay well Welcome to Pretty Girl Pill Club, where we just want to get kissed in the dark, empty corner of a dumb hipster bar and smush our glasses together. And it's real cute and awkward. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I did not get kissed in the dark corner of a dumb hipster bar last night. Hello, it is Sophie.
1: And Christian. Um, what's up? So we both, uh, had, we both had plans for hinge dates last night. You actually went on yours, I believe.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they were both yeah. hinged. Mine
1: Mine fell through for reasons we'll, we'll really? get into. Yeah. But I, I, I still had oh, an no. eventful night. Or I still had a good night, you know? Um, but I'm more interested in yours first.
0: Did, did you... F- mine was... Um, it was... I mean, it was, like, a good date, you know? Like, we... Uh, went to a bar in like Miracle Mile uh, area and um, and it was kind of like divey and he I mean we talked for like three hours we got there at nine and we were there until midnight and I mean it was good we talked about a lot of stuff he's a software engineer from wisconsin um i don't know we i mean it was good but like at the end of the date he just gave me like a like a half side hug and then got into his uber
1: right okay
0: (laughs) and which i mean was fine because like honestly i was very tired and i just wanted to go home um and go to bed uh, I went home and ate a real big plate of Panda Express and went to bed and slept until, like, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to try to, like, fuck or anything <laughs> after that. But, I mean, but you, but yeah. you would have appreciated the like,
1: gesture.
0: Um, well, here's the thing. I think, like, it was a textbook good date. Okay. But I wasn't like, oh, I'm in love with you. No, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I, like, very quickly, I like to say that I, um, I'm i the type of person where, like, if I if I am, like, already, like, super into them, you know, I will start, like, imagining, like, our fucking wedding. Um, I don't know.
1: Honey. You're a saint. Like, like, my, my little brother's like that, too.
0: I'm a yeah. simp. I am. Well, I mean, okay.
1: Um, it's cute. It's just not. It's not. It's never served you well, and I don't know if it will.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know. And but I also think it's good to like say like, can I imagine having like, a relationship with them? Do I want to wake up next to you on like a regular basis and like go do cute dumb things? And I just like I don't know.
1: I guess it's just a matter of w- how concretely you like are tied to those ideations but it's I mean yeah I mean everyone loves imagining and pretending but it but sounds like a I cool thing but I don't think
0: like but if I think if I had like really like felt something I would have like put that aside you, you know have,
1: yeah
0: like that would not have been my priority and the other thing is like uh which I was gonna get to you is that I've been texting another boy that I am going on a date with tomorrow night and it's been going really well. And so I think like, I think I'm more interested in this other person that I'm going out with tomorrow than I am the guy from last right. night. Um, the guy that I've been talking to over the past few days, um, I am getting like some, I don't know if this is problematic, but I am getting some like, he might not be straight vibes. Like, he might also date men. I don't know that.
1: Why would would that be problematic?
0: Because, I don't know, (laughs) I feel like I'm making an assumption.
1: But, I mean, that's not illegal. I mean, you know, treating someone differently based on the assumption is the harm. Like, you know, speculating in and of itself.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm just, like, being a little bit speculative. I do get, like, he might also be into men, too, vibes. Which, I mean, that's kind of just, like, an observation. It's really, like, nothing about him or whether or not i'm interested i think it would i don't again i'm making assumptions but if that is the case um i'd be interesting interested to see i don't know i've just never dated somebody who's also into men so that would be like interesting so i don't know but he is really cute
1: um i on the other hand i was supposed to drive an hour which i mean a little bit less than an hour. I was gonna go a short distance into a bigger city. Can I to say, go see this?
0: Can I say no pussy is worth driving an hour I mean
1: I doubt I mean like it's <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> no, I that's not what do you like there's nice things on the radio. It's not like that big a deal.
0: I I don't know. I mean, unless I've already slept with them and I already know that I like them, I'm not driving an hour.
1: Well, I didn't end up going. Okay. So either way, like, they, they're they in this other city, this nearby city, um, because they're, like, house-sitting for a friend. And then she's like, oh, my friend has, like, really large dogs, by the way, which, you know, not turned off by it. Like, it's just some vaguely, like, hippie white people stuff. But I can put up with it. And then she's like, Oh, um, my friend said that her dog's never had more than four seizures in a day. But she just had her fifth one, so like I'll keep you posted. And I and at that point I was like I was already on the fence after finding out she had so many big hairy dogs, but like once I was like, damn, there's gonna be like potentially incontinent dogs that I have to help her deal with I was like, Yo, Shadi, like you can just take care of this, like
0: Like, this you is know. me signing <laughs> up for a lot I don't.
1: I don't I don't wanna uh what I said, I don't want to be able to prevent you from being able being able to respond, like you know. Yeah. To a dog crisis, so I just kind of like noped out of that situation, and I called my ex, but you know. Wait,
0: which ex?
1: The most recent one.
0: Oh um, okay. Uh,
1: which is you know it's it's, it's fine you yeah, know we're still yeah that was.
0: But <laughs> uh, <laughs> was she wearing her fucking Fubu sweater? <laughs>
1: No, not that one.
0: Oh, wait, there's a more recent one? Yeah. Which one? Oh, wait, okay, yeah, no, yeah. I'm stupid, it's, okay.
1: <laughs> kind of, kind, no, I mean, it's fine, um, but. I just uh,
0: wanted to bring up her fubu sweater because it upsets me. Oh, man. We're talking about a white person, yeah. by the way. Which and you know, I think that's man. all that needs to be said.
1: Sophie's also a white person.
0: Yeah, I can still be, like, upset <laughs> Which, about it. To
1: Sophie's credit, and after this, we'll um, roll into uh, Captain's Log. That's my um, placeholder audio for your the, the sea shanty we'll use for your Captain's Log. But um, to Sophie's credit, she was like, I don't know... If this is weird... Like, she checked up with me first, but she's like, I'm mad about this FUBU thing. This white woman being very happy that FUBU is back. And she was like, am I just making a like a, a mountain out of a, a molehill or whatever? And I was like, no, that's something to be rightfully indignant about, but I appreciate you, you know, checking to see if it was righteous anger and not just yeah. like... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I saw this girl... Like, I saw her Instagram post of her wearing a FUBU sweater, and I just had like a visceral reaction to it that oh. I like didn't know. I was like, you know, cause I don't want to be a white knight. I don't want to get mad at somebody for something that has nothing to do with me. Right. But like, just like instinctually it felt wrong. And so <laughs> I, and now that I know that like my feeling weird wasn't like misplaced, I'm like, yeah. I'm re- very annoyed by it and <laughs> like oh good my feelings have been validated let me tell you how upsetting I find it
1: <laughs> so how is the transition onto a new medication
0: okay yeah so let's um get into that so back in was it December yeah You were, you went, you took me to the doctor that day. I
1: believe it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, you
0: know what? It was December. Yeah. So, in December, I was on, um... A hundred milligrams oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoloft. Yeah. yeah. So at that time I was on a hundred milligrams of Zoloft. I had a little over a year mm-hmm. and it was fine. It was working. It was doing the thing. My only problem was that Zoloft made me super nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the doctor and I was kind of saying that like, you know, I also would like something that, um, like, the days that I'm also on Adderall for ADHD, and I was like, I would like something to also make it so that on the days when I don't take Adderall, I'm not, like, useless and, like, bedridden all day. Yeah. And so he thought, okay, we could try Wellbutrin. So the withdrawal from Zoloft was, like, non-existent. I was shockingly fine. Um, oh, hey. Yeah, but then I start Wellbutrin, and, like, for a few days it's fine, and then I just kind of lost my goddamn mind. (laughs) Like, I... Okay, so, pre-Zoloft, I was, like, I don't know how to say this. I guess I could say I was, like, an angry person. Like,
1: um, you, like, openly operated in spite, like, you know... (laughs) Not in, like, a... Openly
0: operated in spine. What was that? (laughs) I was just repeating what you said.
1: But it's, you know, not on, like, a, you know, unbearable level. Like, you weren't, like, toxic to be around. But there was definitely, like, um...
0: But, like, when I would get... There's issues
1: that people aren't being held accountable for. And I'm being, like, more or less held to a fire. Because other people... Yeah, like, you know, there was reason to be upset. I also want to highlight that, though, you know?
0: Well, yeah, but, like... (laughs) I would I wouldn't just get mad. I would go into a, like a blind rage. Okay. Like tunnel vision blind <laughs> rage. And it and it wasn't hard to like put me into a tunnel vision blind rage. And while well, Butren did that times like twenty. Okay. Like I was I was I don't know. I was just like I would go into like blind rages. Yeah. And, you know, The TLDR of that whole experience with Wellbutrin is I got mad and quit my job. (laughs) (coughs) Very dramatically. Which I can say now in retrospect, I'm glad that I did. I think it was ultimately a very good, positive decision. I think that job was, like, killing me. I think um, a lot of the things the people I was doing... Or the people I was working for were doing was wrong. And, like, I think ethically I just didn't feel good about it in a lot of ways just like the way that I was being treated and I think that um quitting kind of lit a fire under me to like obviously I was like oh fuck what am I gonna do now so then it kind of lit a fire on me to like figure out what to do and I think like ultimately as difficult as that all was it was for the best I also think that I'd rather be, like, you know, struggling to figure things out. Like, I'm happier struggling to figure things out than I was working for them.
1: Right. But, like, in the the tumult of the transition from, you know, I don't know if I've said this before, but, like, drugs aren't, like, keys that unlock, like, a happy medium in your brain. They're just, like, these tools that we nudge, like, emotions on a scale. Mm -hmm. So, like, once you, like, switch one tool for another, like, in that tumult, you did do some, like... In your retrospective glance, like hasty stuff or maybe uncharacteristically some yeah. career moves, um, right. which is interesting. Uh,
0: but I also think like I I think yeah I I think like that was scary and that's not like a be like that's not behavior that I want to like you know that's not a behavior that I want to like.
1: Constantly. have become
0: a trend yeah, yeah. yeah and so um but i also i don't know it's almost like that whole like drunk words or sober thoughts thing like it's almost kind of like that like maybe that my mood was like t- stabilized to the point of like i wasn't acting on just like brute emotion yeah you um,
1: were maybe a little like um numbed sedated yeah
0: i was a little like pacified i guess like i was it's it's not like i suddenly became upset about things that i wasn't already bothered by it's just that i acted on those feelings and i wouldn't have done that before so i do ultimately think it's a good thing however never doing that again (laughs) Um, (laughs) all the uh, fluoride
1: in your water finally wore off no, yeah
0: exactly um, but... Exactly, but oh yeah so then after the wellbutrin i got on to i'm now on 10 milligrams of lexapro mm-hmm. and it's great so and i and i doesn't make me nauseous um i take it at night before bed and uh i mean all is well so fuck wellbutrin oh. i don't know what happened there unless it I works think... for
1: you because it does <laughs> Yeah, unless people.
0: unless you like it. If yeah. you like it, so and you take it.
1: So what started off like the discussion around this week's topic was and I don't care to remember her name cuz I don't want to like <laughs> give her any more notoriety, but there was a woman who like um who shot her boyfriend um 28 times. And this is like sort of like an insta Can like, you
0: Yeah, tell me about this cuz I don't know much about this story.
1: Yeah, so I don't like I've never I didn't follow this person on Instagram, but they seem to have like a relatively sizable presence enough that like people care about her and her boyfriend's like travel photos and stuff you know um and it's just like uh I don't know I feel like there's if if you were to have a Venn diagram between like influencer accounts and like like pro-drug accounts like there would be like sizable overlap you know what I mean like they sort of like glamorize a specific lifestyle or at least from what I've seen I'm not on the app like thoroughly um so maybe that's just micro-targeted to me (laughs) um but the point is, like, it just, like, kinda, you know, like, not all is always well with, like, the sort of glamorous lifestyle that, like, these high-paced influencers, like, lead. But the point is, like, you know, just a month ago or two months ago, there's, like, really nice photos of her vacationing on beaches with this dude. And now she's, like, you know, not even looking at the camera in her mugshot. Um, and, like, I guess she's just, like, in some sort of rage, some argument. I don't know the details. Like, shot her boyfriend 28 times and was, like when the police showed up trying to like wake him up and like make it seem like it wasn't her doing um and like i'm not trying to make jokes about any of that like people died and she obviously like was having not the best day of her life but like the response to this article on twitter was just like (laughs) mood (laughs) like um you know like um more or less like girl powering this like homicidal rage that this That this woman flew into, and you know, not that those comments are like, not that there's not a place for those comments, right? Like there's definitely room for satire comedy, but it just made me think about like, I know that when we were really young, there was a case of a woman who like cut off her Uh. husband's penis, um, in a similar like fit of rage, the Star Jones case, and I don't believe there was at least with such immediacy, like such pro, you know um misandry commentary on like the news or whatever would have been the equivalency of like social media back then like there was some time before people like you know plotted this like sort of spiral as like a good thing and I was just like wow there there's really has been like a paradigm shift where potentially regrettable fits of intense emotion and the way those manifest by people like what used to be just like wow that sucks like they really flew off the handles, it's now like, yes, queen, or like, (laughs) if you mean, like, you know, I see, I'm sure there's like similar narratives for dudes, but I just can't like bring any to mind where they like flip out, but they're like.
0: Holy shit. Not really. Well, maybe. Actually, a lot of girls um, were like, uh, in love with Ted Bundy oh, yeah, and yeah, thought yeah. There's he was like hot the, yeah. like there's that there's other like <clears throat> instances like that that's like the most famous yeah. one that I can but, think you know, of the, the, the idea um, of like
1: stuff that you do mm-hmm. due to you know a skewed perception of your reality that you know acting out in that sort of desperation is in and of itself empowering um, and like you know if we, if we don't even have to talk about Star Jones like Britney Spears was right her you know, uh, head shaving incident was way more recent than Star Jones and even that wasn't seen as positively like now it's sort of been reclaimed and people say they're having like their Britney days or whatever yeah
0: <laughs> I mean that was like iconic but yeah I remember when 2007 Britney Spears happened and I mean the way that people just like mocked her was yeah. so egregious and like now like, she would
1: have been like you know If that happened
0: now, we would have been like, yes, bitch, I want to shave my head and beat a car with an umbrella, like, every other day. Fuck me up.
1: Fuck, I don't, does she have any quotes from that breakdown? I don't, don't, not that I remember.
0: No, but there's all of, there's, like, that meme of, like, if you can't handle me at my... 2007 Britney yeah. like you don't deserve me at my 2001 Britney I don't know um or 1999 Britney so
1: that just got that just got Sophie and I talking because yeah 1999 <laughs> Britney was something else if we're being oh, honest oh god yes
0: um
1: but um and <laughs> that was, I was my
0: sexual awakening no I'm kidding but <laughs>
1: that was a
0: lot of people's sexual awakening
1: I've had a you know upsetting number of men come up to me like during whatever 90s night at bars and be like yeah I used to beat off to like Britney Spears heavy and I'm just like yeah me too but I'm not like you know telling strangers about that or like <laughs> new acquaintances um but anyhow <laughs> uh Damn. Sophie Sophie pinpointed something that I'm not so familiar with so she's gonna take a little bit of like right. the expository lead on this one but she highlighted like the Tumblr community. <laughs> and maybe specifically that intersection with like the Skins fandom in the US, specifically the UK Skins fandom, but uh, how, how like, you know, that little microcosm could potentially shed a lot of light about how society or like mainstream culture um, got a little bit more open to like mental health and mental illness and taking care of that and then maybe went, maybe passed a little bit too far yeah and started like potentially um like fetishizing um mental unwellness um
0: right and And trauma so yeah and a big reason that I do bring this up also is that I wanted to be blatantly clear that because it is such a fine line between like being open and honest about mental health and romanticizing or glamorizing it I want to make sure that that line in the sand, especially in the context of this show, is like super well defined because I never want it to come off like we're making light. I mean, we are making light of mental illness, but not in a way that is like degrading or or misappropriating these illnesses and disorders, more so in a way that is very much rooted in our own personal experience and
1: So what well, yeah, uh, what is your context with skins? Um So
0: my con right. right. So my context is I was in high school from 2011 to 2015. Christian was in high school from 2010 to 2014.
1: Wow, you know right? you know a little too much about me. I'm kind of...
0: No, I just know that you're <laughs> one year older than me, so it's very easy to... <laughs> that's, a, that's just math, my guy. So 2014, <laughs> um,
1: where you at? You're all, where you you're at? all doing your careers now. Yeah. Oh, my bad, my so, bad.
0: So, I'm starting high school. Tumblr is in its golden age, and the show Skins is super popular in the U.S., or it's gaining popularity because of Netflix, right? So there's your, like, time context there. And one of the things that I remember about Tumblr in the early days, and and one of the, like, hallmarks of Tumblr in the early days was this idea of beautiful suffering, and and that as we all know now is a very toxic it did and
1: in, in, i mean like in what ways like does it manifest that's like toxic
0: well I mean... okay so
1: <clears throat>
0: a lot of it i mean on tumblr back then there were a lot of like black and white artsy photos of like people self-harming right okay. like there were like gifs um, on Tumblr that were like black and white and like super artsy of like people like cutting themselves and like it kind of romantic I mean you know just like photos of like very beautiful troubled like white teenagers and right. like it just painted this image of
1: it associates uh, like suffering yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. conflates
0: suffering with beautiful this suffering. like aesthetic Yeah, and like and it became like a whole thing like I remember like there were I remember like the tumblr like aesthetics were like Mm -hmm. super big like like a pale goth or like um what was it it was like sad pastel or whatever and and also around this time like artists like Lana Del Rey were becoming really popular and like this whole like beautiful melancholy uh thing just became huge and um and so the i mean and obviously like that was like a small subset of the platform but i think for people my age especially and especially girls it was very problematic because we it just sold us this idea and this like image that was so unrealistic it was so unhealthy i mean we look at like the whole uh pro anna um the whole pro anna thing that came out of tumblr at that time where it was like glorifying having anorexia and like uh and it was just so gross in so many ways and like and i think now We've kind of grown up and we realize how troubling it is Mm -hmm. and like how not okay that stuff is. And so we are calling it out. But back then, we just weren't talking about mental illness the way we are now. And so it makes sense that like a bunch of dumb 15-year-olds were out here running wild in the wild west of the internet Mm -hmm. just... Being complete idiots and making like asses of ourselves like it's just a weird phase that we all went through, um, right. and I think there's one quote that kind of sums it all up that I found.
1: But it's it's something that we all went through collectively because right like there wasn't really like I'm trying to think in 2013 what my frame of reference for, like dealing with mental health would have looked like like it definitely wasn't very well rounded until high school, like, I was still pretty, or until college, rather, like, I was still pretty closed off to therapy most of high school, um, right, so we're all, yeah, like, pretty ashamed (laughs) to, like, admit, like, the ennui that we're all, like, feeling, um, that I'm sure, like, there's people who are on the internet who are more online than us that were, like, already hip to being, like, nihilists and doomers or whatever, but, um, and so there's like you know, this general naivete, and there comes this show, which I didn't watch, but a lot of people I, yeah, I knew I knew so people were watching. Um, and there's like, you know, yeah. you said young fourteen year olds, fifteen year olds like doing blow, having sex, like being fully nude in the first show, like that, if I had seen that at that time, like that definitely would have blown my mind. And I probably would have yeah, engaged so... in a little bit riskier behavior not th- not to th- not to say that like I'm blaming the show, but it's just like it's interesting yeah. how.
0: I'm going to get to it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, cut me off. No, it's OK. Um, so what I was going to say was like, there's a quote that I found from the same Pacific Standard magazine article that's called um, How Tumblr Taught Social Justice to a Generation of Teenagers yeah. um, that says this wasn't a well-oiled propaganda machine. It was a space full of teenagers and young adults clumsily, honestly sharing and sorting through their feelings. They were incredibly, sometimes painfully open about their personal lives. And I think that kind of sums it up. Mm-hmm. That like social media was not what it is today back then. I mean, Tumblr never really got to the point that platforms like Twitter and Instagram did uh, where there was any... like. Like, Tumblr never properly monetized itself and, like, its user base. So oh, yeah. there was no real... Um, so it's not like there were, like, businesses. Real, I mean, some of them did, but, like, there weren't really companies on Tumblr. The ad structure was, was a lot
1: more loose, yeah. Yeah, was the structure one.
0: was more loose. The, the content, like, the way that content got popular was, like, very organic. And... So, I mean, it was just, I mean, just, like, imagine, like, any sort of, like, uh, any sort of society that's just being ran by (laughs) 15-year-old girls, and, like, that's kind of what Tumblr was in 2011 to 2015, Um, and arguably, for longer than that, I did read one article that said that, like, the glory days of Tumblr was, like, two thousand. 13 to 2018. And I disagree. I'm my argument is based on the the kind of like halcyon days of Tumblr being 2011 to 2015. And so right, so what I said about um, skins became very popular in the US around this time, a lot of my Tumblr use early on was Reblogging and posting Like images and GIFs and quotes and stuff From that TV show mm-hmm. because I was super Into it and I didn't know Other people who were watching it yeah. Um Because it was kind of A niche thing at the time It's also like very Quote unquote inappropriate yeah. Um To
1: some extent for, like Watching UK shows still is like a A sort of like small niche You know
0: niche thing yeah, yeah. And I think like Now looking back, like, I mean, it was, look, the show Skins, if you're unfamiliar, walked so Euphoria could run. Yeah. Like, for its, like, like, Skins in the UK came out in 2007, and I would honestly say that it was way more, it was, like, people talk about, like, Euphoria now being controversial, But like you guys in (laughs) like Skins came out in two thousand seven. And like Christian was kind of alluding to, like the first scene of the pilot episode, there's like full frontal nudity. And female or male? It was female.
1: Mm, Nice. Nice. Um, I'm going to go um, watch the show now. <laughs> At least the first day. I also
0: appreciate that that woman had, like, a full bush. And we I was like, We love to see it, yes. folks.
1: We love to, you know, just tug on it a little bit. <laughs> we love Just, like, to as it. you're going down from the navel, just, like, put a couple of them between your teeth, you know?
0: Oh, my Cosmo, God. Um, Cosmo
1: sex tips. Wow. <laughs> it,
0: yes. <laughs> so yeah people today talk about euphoria being controversial but like let me also point out that euphoria is on hbo okay skins was on e4 in the uk which i want to say is like the equivalent to like mtv mm. here like this was not behind a paywall this was something you could turn on like network television I mean, and of, watch in the you have uk to have a
1: license for your tv it's kind of behind a paywall
0: yeah, no, but, but it's, like, it's entirely, no, yeah. not I'm just, in the I'm same way. But
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, not in the yeah, same way. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, exactly. HBO is a much... You know, it's normal for them to have nudity and, like, slaughter. Also, I haven't seen Euphoria, so don't say too much. <laughs> but...
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm not. I mean, we're just getting into it. Give Right. But, like, I...
1: So wh- who were who yeah, the characters so- or, like, what were behaviors that, like, characters were engaging in that you were like, that's cool? Because, I mean, maybe you didn't have this moment, but I had a moment where I was definitely, like... Bob Dylan looks cool with cigarettes in his mouth. I'm gonna like get really.
0: So I want. <laughs>
1: exactly, I'm gonna get really yeah. into cigarettes now. Yeah. Like what?
0: So that leads into another thing where like the react like, it's, it, skins becoming popular in the U S. The reaction to it by teenagers who wa- were the primary audience. I mean, this wasn't a show that was like marketed towards adults. This was a show that was very clearly marketed to teenagers. It was meant to tell the story of. What being a teenager in 2007, UK, you know, eight, nine, yeah. ten, it was, yeah, it meant to tell that story like very honestly. The actors were all about the age of the characters they were playing. These weren't like 25 year olds playing, <laughs> you know, 16 year olds. Which I think we'll get into like, this
1: later, but, you know, completely defies the American notion of like, oh, we have Mario Lopez, like a 28 year old, playing like a 16 year old in high right. school
0: right yeah, well, I mean, fucking shows like Riverdale where, like, all of those actors are, like, 30 and hot as fuck and look perfect. And then you're just,
1: like, 14 and, and you look like, like a chicken nugget and you're like, how am I ever gonna... Right,
0: and... Yeah, and so, like, for me at that age, I mean, Skins was, like, revolutionary because, like, in the UK, like, the TV shows, I feel like, aren't as polished, especially at this time. They weren't as polished the way that, like, American... Shows are like, I mean, around that time, Gossip Girl was also huge in the US. I mean, all of those actors and actresses looked perfect. Skins like they were real teenagers playing teenagers, they looked, acted, dressed like teenagers. I mean, you could like see imperfections on their skin, like, they were not perfect looking and and like it wasn't super polished and so it was revolutionary and i think that a lot of girls my age especially at this time got super obsessed with it because it was it just was so unlike. Yeah, exactly. it was yeah it really did reflect like a lot of what i wanted to see in mm-hmm. my media that said the reaction to it in the us was very different to the uk because as we know like the culture around sex and drugs in the U.S. and the U.K. are super different. We still have this, like, very puritanical um, culture in the U.S. where, I mean, we just don't talk about, like, you know, teenagers yeah. having sex. We don't talk about teenagers doing drugs. We just... We just let them and die. definitely...
1: <laughs> right.
0: Or it's, like, if we do, it's, like, in a way, it's, it's not in the way that, like, you know... The the show, Skins, I feel like, and I still stand by this, I think the show really holds up all these years later. And one of the reasons I think that is because it didn't talk down to the audience. I think a lot of, like, in the U.S., when TV shows kind of tackle these same issues, they kind of talk down to the audience, um and so i mean this show is revolutionary in so many ways there's also like in the it didn't first, didn't
1: have like the dare attitude that a lot of american media
0: right has. yeah it was just like we're just telling a story we don't have an agenda around it there was no agenda around showing these things i mean 2007 they have an episode about one of the main characters who's a muslim being super uncomfortable with one of their friends in their friend group being gay. And like, and the gay character, Maxi, is saying to Anwar, the Muslim character, he's like, so you're okay with like, our friends doing drugs and drinking, which is also not okay in the Muslim Mm -hmm. religion, but you're mad about me being gay. Which was like, that is like in 2007, I mean, that's like, that's insane. That's like revolutionary at that time. I keep using that word, but like, that was huge. (laughs) that was huge that they were talking about that then and that they did it in such like a smart way where it was like such a complex situation where it's like so you're okay like you're being like he was just being like you're such a hypocrite like you're drinking and doing drugs and that's fine with you even though that's against your religion but like me being gay is wrong and like that oh god yeah i mean americans didn't get like
1: that intersectionality (laughs) expansion pack until like (laughs) <laughs> this is going to head yeah. in a grim direction really fast Until, like, the, like, the, um, fuck That really big shooting in Florida Um, <laughs> where, right, where it was, yeah. like, a Unfortunately, like, a like a I believe it was a Muslim dude, right? And he carried out the Wow, yeah. I should check that out before I edit this episode
0: We should really fact check that, <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway Like,
1: yeah, I mean, um
0: so so all that is to say, like, it's, that's the context that this show existed right. in, that it was so before its time, especially for the this US. is Because this is
1: going to be a running thread. Um, I never watched Gossip Girl either. But I, you know, assumed they were not tackling, like, this level of, you know, no. interwoven power dynamic no, and complexity and nuance. They were just like, oh, my God, that they, guy yeah. is, like, hanging out with that other girl now.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, they didn't have a brown character, let alone a Muslim we, yeah.
1: character. Yeah, I mean, America you know? didn't have brown characters yet, you know? We were still... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So that's, like, a big thing to yeah. point out. So
1: it, America so didn't have brown of, people like... until after Obama. Obama. Obama made it legal <laughs> to be colored, Obama
0: made... <laughs> to be a person of color. Exactly. <laughs> 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 exactly. Oh yeah, that that's also true. Like that that show and that episode came up before. The whole <laughs> well, what what, what was even that have office. to do with?
1: Oh, well, you're just saying yeah, I, yeah.
0: No, I'm just saying like that they were talking about that before the U.S. even had. Before yeah, before president. the U.S. even like, had
1: like a post-racial society. Um.
0: But yeah. So like, all that's to say, like this. was So I was watching that around the time that I was getting oh. into Tumblr, and like what sort of seemed to happen is because like the u.s had such a different culture around sex and drugs especially in relation to teenagers it was more scandalized and i think like it it, a lot of the messaging went over our Mm -hmm. heads because also like this is a british show the writing is very subtle um they don't throw it in your face. This isn't like you know. It wasn't like a Saved by the Bell after school <laughs> special. Like it was very much like here is just like an a very like raw a raw image of of the life of a of a teenager in this time and period. The kids aren't like, wealthy, right? And, no, they're like middle class. I think that's class.
1: for most American, like whatever telenovelas um i think typically the people are kind of wealthier it's like unspoken yeah.
0: i mean go- all of gossip girl is all about yeah. like these like rich new yorkers and like the one so, quote unquote poor kid but like he lives in brooklyn and right. like a very nice loft right. that like okay you're not you're just like
1: grungy kid. by like, affect right
0: yeah you're just like a little more like so uh, you're just like a hipster like i don't know but you've already yeah that.
1: i mean you've already yeah. like um mentioned a couple paradigms that are different like you know the actors are actually teens um Mm -hmm. that thing with like uh in american sitcoms it's like this could be you like you could be rich like you know you could have these problems and then
0: it wasn't it was never meant to be aspirational and that's gonna be a bigger point moving forward in this discussion that show was never trying to be Yeah, skins was like this 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 is is
1: happening this could be happening near you even um was more or less yeah
0: yeah and i think like in the uk where the show originated that was how teenagers at that time felt about the show they felt like it was a reflection of their lives and like it held a mirror up and 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 because yeah culturally just very different the characters again were middle class um some of there was like one wealthy character i remember a few wealthy characters um where i mean that wasn't a thing that went unsaid like it was a thing where it was like very clear that there was a division right. there or like there was there were storylines about like class differences like yeah. those were things that were talked about they weren't just like ignored and like brushed over which like, <laughs> it happens was, in america all the time yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh these people are just casually like yeah. billionaires like it's fine and like we just don't talk about it we and and yeah on like shows like riverdale and things like that they're trying they're just not even acknowledging the fact that, like, they're portraying something that is so unattainable, and, like, and and this show did not do right. that. It, it created something that was very attainable.
1: And so when you...
0: So it's not... When you
1: watch that show as, like, an American teen, and maybe particularly as, like, an American, like, teenage girl, and you don't have that cultural mm-hmm. context, I now... I mean, not to say that I didn't see it earlier, but, like, it completely... How would you ingest it in any way other than, like, this is cool? Because you don't see the actual prevailing, like, consequences of drug use by your peers. You don't see the actual, like, austerity politics or policies in the UK that, like, create these circumstances of desperation. You're just bored, probably in the suburbs, which isn't a knock on anybody. That's just, like, who had Netflix in, like, the early 2010s.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, (laughs) it wasn't, I mean, a lot of what they that show tackled was very like relatable and but a lot of it wasn't you know for for american teenagers and it seemed like sensational and cool and interesting whereas like if you're somebody who is actually going through things like where like your friends are abusing (laughs) drugs or like you know or like you're seeing things like that happen around you it becomes like a much it's a it's a much it's a very different reaction it's, that you're going to have like, to
1: It's like, you know, it. teen mom seems very interesting until you are a teen mom. And, um, like right. the, Jer- yeah, the Jersey precisely. Shore seems very precisely. interesting until you like have to fucking live next to those people or, you know, have your kids walk yeah. by that house. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And so skin, like blogs about skins were super big on Tumblr and I was really into them. Um, but I remember those blogs being right. huge, and one of the, like, things that got very popular is there's a character in Skins, Effie Stonem, arguably the most, like, iconic character from that show, at least, like, in the U.S. Right. fandom that existed, like, she was, like, the most iconic character, played by Kaya Scott who is, like, an actual goddess. Right in every way imaginable I'm actually, i should have done and this i
1: never looked up a picture of her so you guys are gonna
0: you should you, you you're need gonna get to get a Google live her reaction her right now what's
1: her effie what
0: uh effie stoner
1: okay oh oh yeah 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 shot shot yeah. a dime folks shot a oh i mean <laughs> you know that's not my favorite <laughs> nose shape. <laughs> Just to get into some quick, um, fuck, what is it? Like, when you measure skulls, uh, whatever, fuck it, um, (laughs) yeah, she's a, she's
0: a... I love the second photo that comes up. I'm sorry, this is not great for an audio podcast, but, like, the second photo that comes up...
1: That's a perfect, yeah, no, you can put that on the cover art or something. Yeah, no, that's a perfect image of, like... The the, the of what beautiful I'm suffering, about. yeah, that she encapsulated. Yeah,
0: but also you can. Christian knew me in high school. You can also see like that's clearly who I was trying to be in 2013, yeah. like so clearly. I mean, but clearly. not not just you um, it
1: is like the central point. Like a but lot. But so of many people, girls, right. yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Which oh. this all makes yeah, so like beautiful. you know and,
1: I wasn't plugged into any of this, and I'm sure that'll be a running theme for a lot of these episodes, but. Like, looking back, a lot of people make so much more sense now <laughs> with the... Yeah,
0: but if you look up Kaya scott and see what she looks like now, like, she just got hotter and hotter. It's, oh, my God. Is that, like, an Italian
1: name, or is she from the UK?
0: No, I, she's from the UK, but I know that she is half Brazilian. Ooh. My The whole crux of my argument is based on, everybody fell in love with this character and like a lot of it had to do with the fact that she was super super hot super like very like dark grungy like everything that every girl on tumblr Mm -hmm. wanted to be in 2011 because i mean like
1: what is the alternative like affirming young female culture like disney channel like you know the alternative is very like family friendly like Plastic in tone, in, 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 you know, like the sense of being cheery all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, would you rather be like a bad bitch like Lana Del Rey or have like a side ponytail like Jojo Siwa? Like, the, the choice <laughs> is yours.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And so, like, Effie Stonem was a very, like, troubled character. She was a very imperfect character. She was not. Someone that you know take away her beauty and take away her like cool style Like she was not somebody that you wanted to be. I mean she acted mm. mean she acted very selfishly She lacked empathy Um and she was extremely mentally ill which we'll get into um, Like her character was so like scandalizing for American audiences because like she was like Uh you know very young and in the show like smoking cigarettes and doing drugs and Which very drinking European and things. like she was like so yeah like there was nothing like exactly so to like European audiences she was a very normal mm-hmm. teenage girl um, but to American audiences it was very scandalizing and uh, we also had a conversation before recording that I do want to also say like in a lot of ways you know Yes, she wasn't, like, someone that you should aspire to be, but at the same time, there were aspirational traits about her. Like, she was very strong. Um, she, was, she was very independent. She was very um, unapologetic, for better or for worse. You know, she very much held her own and didn't give a fuck about what other people thought. And, like, those things were aspirational. Maybe, and maybe it was performative, mm. I mean, obviously it was performative. It's a fictional television <laughs> show. But I mean, like, if, if it was, like, you know, an actual right. person, like, yeah, she's very young. So probably not self-actualized enough to for it to, like, be a very sincere thing. It might have been, like, very, very performative. Very like, it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, What happened was, from my perspective, it seemed like a lot of the fandom kind of conflated her beauty and her style with her suffering. And so what did we get? We get this like beautiful Mm -hmm. suffering thing. This narrative at least. Other people might disagree with me. I don't think the writers ever intended for that to be the way that it was perceived. I don't think that that was ever their intention. I don't think they were trying to glamorize what she went through. I think that the show was very gritty and very raw in a lot of ways, right. and I think that the intention was good and that they weren't trying to make it no. sexy. The problem is that and and it's not even a problem, but it's like the thing is that she was also very hot. If she <laughs> and I and I would argue but I would argue that if she was maybe in an alternate universe if Effie Stonem had been played by a less, you know, uh, traditionally conventionally attractive actress, would the response have been the same?
1: Probably not.
0: And 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 it and we and we don't know because we don't live in that universe, but I I just I don't think so. Um and so I think that Obviously this was just one part of like the beautiful suffering trend on Tumblr during this time, but at least from my experience, this was kind of the crux of it, um from the way that I experienced that period of time and and I think looking back, I I'm it makes me sad that that was kind of like the legacy of that show in a lot of ways, at least like I mean, not completely. I mean, people look back on it very fondly. But I, I hate that that's, like, right. what people... That people reduced
1: right.
0: it down to. Because for now, and it's it's, like, its
1: moment in pop culture has sort of passed. Like, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. Um,
0: yeah, it's not even on Netflix anymore. So like I mean, it's heydays over. Yeah, like, it's still out like, there. People
1: can probably still watch it. it but it doesn't have the same currency that i had before and to the effect that like you know yeah. the internet works on an individual level right there's not like a broadcast channel there's probably a very large contingent of the platform that a either like engage with the show concurrently like while engaging on the platform and thus like took in a lot of the memes in the media or b just like got familiar with the show secondhand via the media and then either like went back and watched yeah. it or just, yeah. like, you know, was able to be conversant in the world of skins. Yeah, I think
0: a lot of people... I think a lot of Americans got, like, found out about the show through yeah. Tumblr, too. That's right. the other thing. And so it, it always... And I do think that I was seeing posts and content about yeah. the show on the internet before I watched it. and And it was always... And But all of the, like, stuff that I saw about it, it was always, like, about this character. Because, again, I'm arguing that she was, like, the most popular among American audiences because she's fucking beautiful (laughs) and, like, you know and like someone that we wanted to be i mean if you again if you were like a quote-unquote sad girl in high school during this time like that's what you aspire to look like
1: yeah Um, because yeah i can see the let me go back to the pictures of her character but like you know she's got like the olive jackets on and stuff it's very like subtle mm -hmm. and like dour
0: yeah if you want to know what i was at least attempting and failing to look like in high school look that up um, I didn't mean <laughs> um, son, I meant
1: subdued sorry subdued but um yeah like
0: but yeah I mean you can see like there's a couple photos of her like in like a big like green jacket and her hair's all fucked up and her eyeliner's like halfway down her face and like she's clearly like had a night and then like you know her like lighting yeah. a cigarette that yeah w- and it's yeah, like
1: you know what if I had to like label a, a sentiment like the zeitgeist and this sounds very banal but like everyone was just trying to have a night um, in our little small town, you know. But no one was like, mm-hmm. at least not that I. Whatever, never mind. I'm not gonna continue on this, cause it, cause no, it just I reveals think, how I much of a fucking no, dork No, you're getting I was. to a good point. <laughs>
0: well, I'm just like there was yeah, no there was I mean, no parties,
1: but that's just like no. no but you're right. <laughs> you didn't get invited, but
0: you're parties. right. No, you're totally right. I think like, I think um in the U S it was at least where we mm-hmm. grew up, where Christian and I grew up those experiences weren't commonplace um it was very boring and i think like a lot of people can relate to that and like like, for us seeing a show where like yeah where kids were having like all of these like very crazy and reckless experiences was something we were jealous of because we were bored and so this isn't
1: new you know there had been movies like kids or i don't know what that harmony corinne movie is called But, you know, like, that was Mm -hmm. something that came out in, like, the early 90s and showed, like, American kids, like, doing crack, I believe, and having sex and stuff like that. But it was a movie. You know, it was, like, a confined, like, you sort of watch this once and then that's it. Unless you buy the VHS. But this was, like, an entire, you know, you watch characters age, you watch characters grow. You watch, like, as you mentioned um, before we started recording, um, you watch Effie's character uh, in the first generation as a young preteen and then right.
0: she grows into yeah, this trouble yeah. so this yeah her character development i think also why she might be like the most iconic character is because her character development was much longer than other characters because the way that the show was formatted is um the show ran from like i said 2007 to 2013 within that there were um three generations um, three generations so the first generation was effie stonem's older brother tony and his group of friends um between the ages of 16 and 18. and um so effie was in that first generation but as a minor character because she was tony's younger sister so she was like in 13 14 ish um and then she was also in the second generation as a principal character um, and then there was a third generation, which didn't have any, like, carryover right. characters from the first two. Um, so she had the longest character development out of anybody, but even in, like, the very early episodes, when she was a minor character, I think even in the first, like, pilot episode, you see her, like, coming mm. home from being out mm. all night, and, and, like, her older brother covering for her so she can get back into the house and, like so her parents don't know that she was gone all night and she's like 13 at that time but you know at that point it hadn't devolved into what it eventually becomes and as you like as the as her character progresses she kind of hits a point where it all falls apart and all of the partying and all of the going out and being reckless kind of it all boils yeah. over and the party sort yeah. of ends. And,
1: uh, Kimberly, and, yeah. and
0: she <laughs> Yeah. And like and and I and I'm gonna get more into this, but she also has has one of the arguably unsexy mental illnesses, right? right. She had psychotic depression, which shares a lot of symptoms with schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. Um, I mean, she was having like hallucinations and delusions and like uh very like scary symptoms that are quote unquote not sexy the way that, um, we think of like the way that people romanticize anxiety. things like generalized anxiety disorder OCD, and like
1: almost uh, to some extent.
0: Me yeah yeah you could yeah because the way that people say OCD, people people think like Zoe Deschanel or quirky
1: like fairy girls or like OC. like you know they I don't know maybe that's my. Right.
0: Like, a manic pixie yeah. dream girl. I mean, the word manic, like, that goes back... That That is, like, a bipolar yeah. and thing.
1: And then, yeah, right? like so depression. And to the extent that, like, depression is conflated with, like, goth. Like, the idea of a big-titty goth.
0: Right. GF. It's like, yeah, you're not depressed, you're just yeah. sad. Like, you know, I don't know. But... But yeah, she had psychotic depression. Like, she had an actual, like, psychotic. Well, what are some other unsexy and ones? Like, was.
1: schizophrenia, bipolar. Yeah, schizophrenia.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Because BPD. those are ones that, like. Oh, BPD. A big one. Yeah.
1: BPD. I don't know. I could see a girl with BPD um, being kind of hot. Well, really
0: there is, like, the trope about, like, there is that whole trope that I don't think really exists anymore, but there was definitely a time when it was like, oh. Nothing fucks quite like Yeah, crazy. that's very that's very insensitive of um, I me mean, to
1: make that joke, but apologies. Yeah,
0: but like remember that was a trope. That was definitely no, I mean, a trope. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. and yeah, so so it's 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 important to mention she had one of the quote unquote unsexy mental illnesses. And yet this all this whole storyline, right, and her behavior, it gets conflated mm. with teenage girls wanting to look like right. her and so not being able, not being you know mentally developed enough to make the distinction it all got clumped together and that's how we got this culture of at least in this subset got this culture of the beautiful yeah. suffering trend For, yeah. and again i'm not saying that this show was like what started it i'm saying like this was a big yeah. part of that during this time and and i'm sure there are other examples that i'm just not as familiar with like other tv shows that maybe people were uh making similar connections with but like at least for me and like the media that i was consuming this was a huge one um and so it becomes this like paradox where you can argue that the i'm sh- <laughs> I mean, you could make the argument, but it wouldn't be a very good one uh, that the show glamorized for mental illness. But I don't think that's true. I think the viewers glamorized it. I think the, gl- I think the way that we ended up perceiving and interpreting it, we just weren't mentally developed enough to make that distinction. And I think that that was the problem, not the show itself. And 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 so there is and it, like we were saying before like there is this very fine line between talking about mental health and and talking about it in a way that's toxic and not productive and so this kind of highlights that especially with like internet
1: yeah like the uh, the overwhelming like I, not necessity, but I, I, just the importance of context and something that wasn't forethought in such a, like, globalized time, with such a globalized medium like internet. Because you're saying, like, you know, there's a, a fine line we have to walk between, acknowledging mental illness, portraying it, but also not endorsing it. But, like, I think we kind of, like, stumbled onto our thesis for the episode, which is that, like, um, because of the very unique and like, we won't be able to repeat it again, at least not organically, like, circumstances by which this show came to the United States and the time that it came to the United States, it definitely developed a tendency, like, a meta-aesthetic that... Obviously, it wasn't just, like, suburban white teens, but um, a lot of people in that cohort and other cohorts, like, got enamored with this idea of, um, like, accepting mental illness not as something to like relate to um and something that like your relationship hopefully changes with through therapy and like growth and age but just like an expression that is fixed in and of itself and like qualifies you know something to be like aimed for or like something to be harnessed you Mm -hmm. know it became like a capacity a talent like something to to speak from um
0: or, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like, at the time, maybe we were, maybe it became, like, an accessory, but I think as, like, our generation is growing up, we're moving mm-hmm. past that.
1: Which isn't which isn't to and say, like, people say... who saw that and, like, you know, diagnosed themselves or begin, like, getting curious about mental health. Like, people who, like, maybe donned an affect, like, don't actually have any sort of trauma or mental health, like, things to deal with, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know... The way we were introduced to it um, was yeah just without its context because like like you mentioned this was very like hand it was a more responsible show for like the UK's environment um, but it's just when it came yeah. over here it seemed like something cool to strive to and something cool to do like mental health it, was performative yeah. it
0: got appropriated you know. in a w- 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 weird way. Um. And, and, but that, but I do want to say like, it's not a criticism of the show itself. It's a criticism of the viewers. I think that that show was super impactful in so many ways. And I also think that even though we had this very toxic view of mental illness at that time, I believe that that trend as we got older and kind of grew out of that, we, and became like more Mm self-actualized, um, It did become a thing where that was our introduction to talking about mental illness. And then now, hopefully, most of us have become self-aware enough and self-actualized enough and educated enough to be like, to be open about mental illness in a more productive way. And I think that maybe this was kind of, that a lot of that stuff was just, I mean, like that quote said, it wasn't a well-oiled oiled propaganda machine. It was teenagers clumsily sorting through this stuff, right? So we were clumsily figuring these things out. So there are obviously going to be missteps. And and I think that the way we glamorize this character and this idea of beautiful suffering um, was a misstep in that journey to get to the point where a lot of us are now, where we can talk about mental illness in a very healthy way. So I, I ultimately think the impact was positive. I ultimately think that that show had a lot, um, had a big impact on me when I was Mm -hmm. really young. And like, look, I'll just say like, I would not like 2020 Sophie cannot exist without 2013 Tumblr. I think that for better, for worse. I think that like a lot of like my personal development and growth into an adult like had a lot to do with like what i was exposed to at an early age and i'm glad that i was exposed to those things i think i learned a lot about the world and myself through consuming this kind of media i think that the mistakes i made are now informing my you know better decisions now right i think like i had some toxic views of these things. But as I grew up, I'm like, "Oh, I can see now why that was wrong." And I think it's important to make those mistakes to grow up and like So, so I initially went into this, I'll also say, I initially went into this my research for this wanting to like rip that era to shreds and wanting to really like hammer in on why it's like the worst thing ever. But now after having read a lot of stuff and um and kind of meditated on it a little bit I think ultimately it wasn't a bad thing I think ultimately it was just a weird time that made us who we are today for better or for worse and it's just kind of like I don't know it's like chaotic chaotic neutral at what time yeah is it? yeah I don't know Like, it's, it's not, it's neither here nor there, I guess. It's not, it's not Um, black
1: and white. There's nuance. How, how iconoclastic of you to want to take down 2013. But, um, the thing about Effie Stoneham, like, you wouldn't want to be here, exactly. Like, she's not someone whose shoes would be fun to walk in by any stretch of the imagination. She's very, she has a very turbulent life. She's making not the best, like, personal decisions. It may be, like, glamorous in the short run, but not great but there is this like the the cultural differences that underlie a lot of the stuff that we talked about um there is this like paradigm that's like almost nietzschean where like the american like presentation of the sitcom and like the day-to-day life especially of like a young person is very Mm -hmm. like cartoonish and when you like watch Save by the Bell as like a ten year old or like a fifteen year old or whatever Gen X people did, and then take those like situations out into the real world, like nothing's practical or like you know you can't, mm-hmm. it's not translatable, because you're not gonna act like Skeeter, like you know what are you gonna, you're just gonna make weird sounds at cafeteria, like no, you're gonna be ostracized, so like that creates like a culture of like, like passivity, you know, like he'd call it like ignoble living, because you're just like adopting the virtues of the time and being passive. But we get this example of someone who's, like, very self-empowered, who, like, low-key lashes out, but gets what they want, I think, in the short run, and, like, is a power to will. Like, they, you know, make shit happen. They're not a good person by any stretch of the imagination, but they create And I change. think that's
0: a very good, um, um... And so... That's a very, like, accurate interpretation of her from somebody who's yeah. never watched this show, so... Um,
1: Sophie knows. You know, I'm annoying. I have, like, pretentious interests. Um, like she's like she's she's Nietzsche's Ubermensch, like you know, because Nietzsche's like I don't think people are good or bad. I think you know people make shit happen, and the people who make shit happen just recognize that there's gray area. But you have to like have a thirst for power.
0: Right. Well, that's also... I'm probably I'm
1: probably butchering both skins and Nietzsche right now. No, I feel free to call me a dumbass. I mean, (laughs) I haven't watched
0: the show in a few years, but it, but from what I remember in my interpretation of the show, like, that's a very accurate portrayal. And also, I want to point out that, like, in life, like, people aren't, you know, either a protagonist or an antagonist. Like, mm. people are not black and white. And I think that a lot of Unless the t-
1: they're black or white.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But,
1: right, yeah. But yeah, yeah there is know, there's
0: nuance. nuance. There is nuance to things, my guys. Um, And I think that... The show, Skins, did a good job of of showing very flawed characters. And also, I would say that Euphoria does the same thing, where it's like, these are very flawed characters. They're neither good or bad. They right. just are. They're imperfect, and that is what makes them so relatable. And, and so I think it's important to recognize that I uh, I think it's easy to say that a character like Effie or a character like Zendaya's character on Euphoria are bad characters, right? They're they're not uh, good people, but I, but I think what it is is like they're right. just imperfect people, right. and that the point is not for them to be good or evil the point is for them to just be a person and i think the writing is trying to deliver a person not a protagonist or antagonist so yeah
1: yeah. i'm glad i let you finish because that's exactly what i was going to say oh
0: good (coughs) Uh,
1: um but but yeah so you know that's that's most of it i think there may be a couple more small things but you know some some navel gazing about roots or not roots, fuck, skins and the roots of our um probably getting progressively less skewed uh views about mental health and our, our personal journeys through through mental well being. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that I think the important takeaway here is to be self aware and Ask yourself when you are, like, watching TV shows or consuming things online to ask yourself, you know, am I glamorizing this or am I, uh, I don't know, just to have a critical eye when it comes to, like, the way that mental illness and stuff is portrayed in media and online and to kind of be self-reflective um and and that it's okay and also it's okay to be wrong about things i think in this era we were wrong Mm, about about uh mental illness (laughs) in a lot of ways and and it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to change your mind and realize that you were wrong and you know correct your misstep And, um, and I think that those missteps shaped me as a person and I think, uh, and I don't think this show would exist if it hadn't been for, uh, you know, the way that I consumed media when I was like 14, 15. Oh, also, I forgot to say that Freddie McClare was the, was the catalyst for my (laughs) sexual awakening. I just had to point that out. But yeah, and I also, I, and I also think it's it kind of is, um, uh, it speaks to the stupidity of young people and that you can be really dumb when you're young and like grow up to be an okay person. And so we shouldn't like persecute ourselves or others I mean, for like the dumb. things we say and do when we're like 14 you know
1: it's never too late to start being a good person but yeah it's never too
0: late to stop sucking
1: don't tell my girlfriend that and on that (laughs) note um this has been
0: the pretty girl (laughs) pill club
1: signing off uh
0: take Uh, your meds drink some water of public.